What's up, family? This is Norman, your host of New Numa Godcast. If you have enjoyed hearing my podcast, then you will also enjoy hearing me in person. For those who want to contact me for ministry or speaking engagements, or for some other reason, please email me at new.numa.podcast at gmail.com and place in the subject line speaking engagement, ministry engagement, or whatever applies to why you are contacting me. You may also find the email address in the show description of this episode. God bless you, and I look forward to you being here again for the next podcast. Thanks for choosing a new Numa Godcast today. If you're here, it's not a coincidence. So take the next step and subscribe today. Also, for you YouTubers, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Lastly, if you are on social media, follow me at Norm the Professor on Instagram and Twitter. And follow the podcast at New Numa on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook today. That's New Numa, P-N-E-U-P-N-E-U-M-A. Peace. What's good, y'all? It's your boy, Stephen Malcolm, and you are tuning in to New Numa Godcast. Let's go. What's good, New Numa fam? I'm your host, Norm the Professor, a.k.a. Norman Brown. Welcome to the podcast where you come to get the real from a biblical perspective. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, I'd like to personally welcome you and want to let you know a little about what you may expect. I attack the raw issues affecting the church and the world at large today, giving you biblical backup for everything I say. Basically, this podcast gets in your face with issues that are trending, taboo, and tough to talk about, which today's watered-down churches don't even touch. I also interview Christians of all types of backgrounds, careers, ministries, and more to put on record their stories of redemption, salvation, and victory to inspire you to walk out your kingdom purpose to expand the kingdom of God and the earth. If you want the truth, this is definitely a podcast you want to hear. So get your spiritual ears ready to hear what the Lord is saying to the church. Peace. It's clearly with me. We were flying from St. Thomas to New York City, but we landed in San Juan. And when I landed in San Juan, when we landed in San Juan, I said a simple prayer, and I was really frightened. I said, Lord, if you're real, heal me. And I said, even if you don't heal me, just take away this depression because I don't want to live no more. And I cried for like four hours straight from San Juan to New York City. And something broke, and I wouldn't have been able to articulate it at that, that way that time. One, because my vocabulary was so corrupted by the culture. Like, I, I, from being a kid who was doing well in college, my vocabulary was like an infant. Like, I knew hardly any words academically, cognitively, because the, 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 the culture was, like, literally suffocating my, my, my intelligence. I don't know how to explain it, but that's really what yeah. happened. And because at that time, you know, it was deep in the gangster rap and you had the whole Wu-Tang Clan thing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it was really, really just, um, just, just, just draining me. And so, um, so I went to church the next day and, um, I'm, cause I'm really going to get into the supernatural stuff now. I went to church the next day. The girl I was dating with, I was, I was living with two girls. One of them I was in a relationship with. And, um, yeah, so I, I, I go 
to church, and thankfully the Lord had me alone because if she'd have been home, I probably would have never got to church. Just keep it at 100 with you. Yeah. And so they asked if anyone want prayer. I raised my hand. First time I ever asked for prayer in my life, and I've asked for prayer a million times since. Um, maybe not a million, but a lot of times. How old were you so, at this time? Uh, I don't want to tell my age because I'm going to tell okay. you my age now. <laughs> right, right, right. I, I was I was a college student, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So at this time, um, raise my hand. They come to me. The brother comes to me and prays with me. And man, as soon as he finished praying, one I knew that Jesus was Lord. I had I had I had been having my doubts possibly because the lifestyle I was living, but also like people was coming to me from a lot of different cults trying to drop stuff at me. Um, but I knew for sure Jesus was Lord when he finished praying. The other thing I knew was I was healed. And I had like dark circles under my eyes. My hair was limp. I was like, felt like a 95-year-old man. But after mm. that prayer, I just, everything shot up joy, everything. So at the end of the service, the pastor, whoever was preaching, same church I, I'm, I'm, I'm a reverend at now. I'm not the senior pastor. Um, you know, one of the pastors, I guess, get an altar call, and they ask anybody want to be saved. And in my heart, I said, Lord, I believe I'm already saved. But I walked up the aisle of the church for the first time, right? So I walk up the aisle, and I go in the back, and the brother's like, yo, you need to, you know, you need to pray. I don't remember what it means. I was when he said you need to pray you know, for salvation or or whatever it was. So I prayed. When I finished praying, I looked in that man's eyes, and I saw God. I mean, I saw it clear as daylight. I saw the Lord. I saw God in his eyes. And that thing really shook me. And then the next day, the girl that I was in a, in a relationship with, she came home. I went to pick her up from the airport. She said from, like, 40 yards out, she knew just from seeing me from 40 yards, something had changed. But when I looked in her eyes, I saw something totally different. And it shook me too. And God told me, like, yo, you got to leave. And I was like, mm. so I told God, I said, listen, you know, I heard somebody say something about the cross one time, but being vertical and horizontal, I just put the cross vertical and horizontal. And if you're going to be with me, you have to serve God. Now, that's not what God told me. God told me to leave her. Mm-hmm. So she started crying or whatever. Nevertheless, um, we, we within two weeks I was gone. All right, but in that process of time, God t- showed me some things. One thing He showed me: first album I ever bought in my life was um, Kirk Franklin's um, first album. I guess that's the reason why we sing was the single on it, and they used to play that on secular radio. And I would be coming in from the studio high or whatever, and that song would come on, and it would touch me. I do remember that. It would touch me. Mm-hmm. So but when I got that album, man, I'm telling you straight up, God stripped my spiritual eyes and my spiritual ear, I mean, my, my natural eyes and my natural ears. So I was seeing things in the spiritual and hearing things in the spiritual mm-hmm. and feeling from the spiritual. And I would listen to his music, man, and I would hear angels on it. And then I would hear the other music in the world. I would hear something demonic. I would literally hear it. Mm-hmm. I would literally hear it. And then one day I went to my dad's house, and I was rumbling around, and I found this old Brooklyn Tabernacle CD. Because when I was on Epic, Epic has a division called Word Epic, and it's a Christian division of Epic. 
and they have Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir was on it. And a guy who ran the label, I guess when I was up there, he pulled me in his office or whatever. He was talking to me, and he gave me that CD, and I I, I opened it. Same thing. I'm hearing angels. You know what I mean? I'm trying to share with you the best my recollection. Yeah. And so, and the TV stations too, bro. I would turn them on and be like crazy. It'd be crazy. I see it in it. And then I would turn on TVN, and I would see something different. And I'm not even going to lie to you. I mean, I've seen it. And, I, and God was like, yo, you got to get out of here. God was like, call the, call the guy who's a drug dealer. Tell him you can't do the music no more. So I called him up on the phone. I'm like, yo, man, as soon as I started talking, the peace of God just fell on me. Now, this man could have come at me for $15,000, which in those days was a good piece of change. Mm-hmm. And now it's, now it's a few COVID checks. And, like, you can have a seven children and you, you get $15,000. But back in those days, $15,000 was not no small sum of money. Yeah. And and so he was like, it was like he could have came at me, but he didn't. He didn't come at me. So I was like, I'm going to give you the dats and the reels or whatever. All right, now here's some of the supernatural stuff. But I still didn't want to let go of the music. I'm just telling you straight up. I just didn't want to let it go. Not fully. Brilliant. And I would be walking down the street. I'd be walking down the street. And the new, the new songs be black, I mean, blowing up on the radio, like, blow, like prime time, daytime spins, mixed DJs, blowing it up, lunchtime blowing up, 3 o'clock hour blowing it up. Everywhere I go, it's like I'm hearing it. This the new single. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, God, I said, God, Lord, listen, you know, I'm trying to make deals with God. I'm like, God, <laughs> if you let me blow up, I can tell more people about you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> and, and, and I'm going to tell you, and you know how people sometimes say, they say, yo, you have to read the Bible for the Holy Spirit to have something to tell you. Mm-hmm. No. God would tell me stuff, and then I'd read it. Yeah. God started telling me about in, the, in in an Old Testament where they was burning unclean things, like, he was like, God was like, yo, Hans, take all your music and burn it. <laughs> no. And then I would look in the scripture and I read it after he tells me it. All right, so this is a true story. So this is one of the things that happened. So I'm that, this is all like a two-month period of time. I'm wrestling. Deuce and uh, Ambassador, Ambassador and, and Fanatic, was, they was coming around around this time, and they could bear witness to a lot of what I'm saying. Yeah. But... um, um. The, the joint, one night I felt like, yo, I got to stay up. I got to stay up and listen to the song. I just wanted to stay up and listen to him play play the music. So I was, I had moved out, like I said, two weeks after that conversation with the girl. I moved out and got my own place. And um, I would fall asleep one night, and, it, and the guys started cutting up one of the records from the album. And I, this is true story, man. People can take it and think I was on hallucinating or they can think I'm overly spiritual or whatever, but this is what happened. And, and God knows. I was sitting on the futon asleep, I fall asleep, and I could literally, I woke up out of my sleep to this horrific sound. This horrific sound. It was like hell. It was music straight from hell. And I could feel the evil enter into the room. Unfortunately, the record that was on the radio was my record. 
And God opened up my spiritual ears to really, he was gracious enough to let me hear really what was in the music that I was a part of or had been a part of. And God was like, Hans, listen, this whole time you've been listening to the A side of the record, but there's been a B side the whole time playing. You've been hearing one thing, but there's a B side, my music. You know what I'm saying? And he was telling me, like, yo, you built on the sand. Now I want you to tear everything down. I'm not going to tear it down for you. I want you to tear it down, and I want you to build on me the rock. And God gave me this um, valley of decision. All right? So I was on the fence. And one day, I got a brother who's a doctor in Philly, and I went to his office to, to, to get an HIV test because I was still, I just wanted to get that whole thing squared away. I get here, the test is negative. I finally just really received it. It was like, you know what, all this time, man, I'm healed. I'm good. Whatever it is, I'm straight. And I just, like, accepted it. And I was like, I felt like I had a new lot on life, a new lease on life. So I'm walking down the street, and this guy from one of the uh, stations in Philly, it was called Urban uh, Channel 48 WGTW. He was the son of the owner. They had a hip-hop show, video show called Urban Expression. So he's like, yo, I'm walking down the street. And he's like, yo, Hans, we got your new videos. We're banging them. We're blowing them up. Love it. Would you come down and do an interview? So I said, well, I said, I said, Lord, you know, um, I'm going to represent you. I was compromising. I'm going to go there. I'm going to represent you. So this is kind of the last straw that happened. And, um, I went in there, I look in the, we was in the green room, I look in the monitor and the video is playing, I saw the evil in it. I could, I can't explain it to you, but I could see it. And then they call us into the back. It was like two other guys in the group with me at the time. One guy's name was Porno, he's with the Roots now. And another guy, he's from New York, he was known as the Butterscotch Tramp. He was a, uh, he was in a wheelchair. He had got shot with some drugs, whatever. It was like a gimmick thing. And so we go in the back. And I was known for freestyling, so the host's name was Ed. That was the name of the, the, the son, and the other host was Roz. So I go on, on there, they ask, they like, yo, Hans, we're the freestyle, and I know the verse to this day. I know part of it, at least the intro. So I said, all heads and I, praise God, peace to Ed and Roz. So I started, I started representing Christ. I did represent Christ in the interview. But when the two guys that I was rapping with started rapping, it was like God, again, stripped my natural vision so I could see what was operating behind them. And I saw it in 3D, bro. I saw it in 3D, man. And I can't put it into words what I saw. And when I went outside, the Holy Spirit told me something I believe I will never forget. He said, Hans, if you don't leave this music right now, you're not going to be here much longer. So I, I did what any reasonable, conscious, intelligent person would do. I left. And I've never been back since. I told them, God, like, look, I can't be a part of this no more. And, and I know what I know. I know what I've seen. And, um, it's, it's been traumatic in a way, um, when you experience that because you're like, yo, you, certain things I cannot enjoy anymore. <laughs> certain things I can't touch anymore. And I'm not judging anyone that does whatever they do. And I'm not saying, I'm just saying what God showed me. 
what God showed me. There is there is a a lot of people don't realize when you're dealing with um, ciphers, freestyle ciphers, which I was big into that type of stuff. You know, it's a it's a it's a major form of witchcraft, yo. It's a major form of witchcraft. Are you still there, man? Hello? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a major, major form of witchcraft. Um, you're saying anything that comes to your mind. You're, you're, you're putting curses on people almost. You're saying cursed things to people. You're pronouncing death on people. And so, yeah, man, it's, it's a lot of experiences that I've had, bro. And, um, you know, some people, they don't really feel it's, it's, it's all that deep. But, but for whatever reason, that's what God showed me. And, um, and I feel like this one scripture is a part of my calling. It says, have no fellowship with darkness, but rather expose it. And so that's what I, I, come, I come to do is expose it, bro. And most importantly, share the, the grace of Christ that is able to save and deliver you in spite of how much mistakes you made, how far you went into the deep side. There's a God who's able to deliver you and set you free and forgive you um, and, and, and deliver you. You know what I'm saying? But some things you have to cut ties with. And you yeah, have to let I agree. Things go. Yeah. I agree, man. Yeah. Hey, I just wanted to ask, you were, um, I know that you're obviously about to come out with a new album. And mm-hmm. um, I wanted to know, like, Based on your background, like I know you were with a lot of heavy hitters, like who are some of the heavy hitters you were around or that you, let's say, toured with or whatever when you were in the world? And then also who are some of the ones that you've, you know, done things with since you've been on the Christian side as well? Yeah. Yeah. So in the world, I mean, and some of y'all would know that some of these people, you probably does speak Greek and Hebrew to some folk. So I, I, we did tours with Edo G and the Bulldogs. Did, did stuff with, you know, concerts with um, Chub Rock, Run DMC, Father MC, EPMD. Man, that's, I mean, Kwame, um, Shaba Ranks. Um, Shaba was a label mate. Um, third base. Um, wow. Um, I did records again with Skeff Anson, with Freeway. Um, Questlove used to try to get demos to me. I'd be riding around. And this is a true story, man. I, 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 it was, I was, I don't know how I found it on, uh, it was on Twitter and it, it may not even be, it was so long ago, but he said, yo, you want to talk about freestyle? And he used some expletives. He said, this is freestyle. Han Sol in 1991 riding around in Philly. Freestyle. Mm. That's freestyle. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I've I, I seen a lot of guys come up. I remember when they signed their first deal, their first major deal, because they, they didn't have yeah. independent first. He, I was in a club, and, and Quest came to me, and Amir came to me like, yo, we just got this million-dollar deal, yo, yo. You know what I mean? Those are the guys I came up with. Um, yeah. And, and, I, I, and my heart goes to them because, and I'm not saying him, I mean, I know he, he was raised in the church, and his dad, you know, was a, you know, he was raised in the things of God. Um, um, but you know, a lot of guys get lost. You get very lost. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of guys, 
we're raising things of God, you know, and they, they get kind of twisted with the music. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but so, I, you know, I've, I've been around a lot of people, seen a lot of things. But at the end of the day, man, I'm not saying this on anyone. I'm just speaking for myself. You know, what does it profit if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah, so yeah. grateful that God pulled me out of that. You know, sometimes when you're in these seasons with God, where he's breaking you and humbling you, you're like, well, God, man, I, I left this and I left that. And, yo, and, and God is like, I died for you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> and, you're like, dude, don't get it twisted because you would be dead right now. Like, yeah, don't get it yeah. twisted. You would be, you'd either be dead spiritually and fried or you'd be literally dead. And yeah. so, um, you know, it's, man, there's no glitz and glam in it, man. It really isn't. I'm not one to, I share these names not from a standpoint of name dropping. There's only one. No, I already, I mean, I asked you. I asked you. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying, I'm saying these things. Yeah. There's only one name I drop in as Jesus, but I share it from a standpoint of authority in the sense that, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And I'm not the dude that's like, yeah, I was doing records and this happened and I was going to, no, like I'm telling you, if you Googled it, you could find it. If you searched and, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not really asking anybody to do that because God doesn't let me really touch on it. I don't, I could go into articles. I could manipulate old videos and interviews to make, and I started to do that, but God was like, don't touch the unclean thing. I don't need you to do that. You let that stuff yeah. go. Are you, are you proud of that stuff? Does that give you worth? You know what I'm saying? Like, just share your testimony. Talk about it. Yeah. Share a movie about it. Write about it. And so, so yeah, so now, yeah, go ahead. I'm listening. So, yeah, I just, um, I I asked you because I want people who are listening to get a sense of who they're listening to because oh, yeah. it's one thing, you know, it's one thing to say, yeah, man, I used to be on the corner rapping all the time versus, mm-hmm. yeah, I was mm-hmm. traveling around the country with mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. one, this mm-hmm. one, this one, this one, you know what I'm saying? Like that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like those are nah, two I different mean, levels, you know what I'm yeah, saying? One, and, of my, one, of my, one of my managers, his name is Adrian Miller, and he, 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 he manages, he's founded Anderson Park, whatever. I don't even know who he is, but he called me and told me, yo, this is my new artist. He's going to Grammy, yada, yada. So I'm like, okay. And and Adrian hit me on and on Twitter one day like Hans yo yeah I, I was there when it started Hans you know you on you and uh pump it up you and Will and Jeff you know I mean like I used to go to Will's house play pool with him you know what I'm saying um Jazzy Jeff you know of course very close with him coming up you know the whole Philly Scooby D was like my road you know I was more his roadie he wasn't my roadie I was more his roadie. You may not know who Schooly D is, but they, he's no, I know who Schooly D, D, like D is. Yeah, original gangster, uh, Easy E, pretty much copied his whole style. You know what uh, I'm saying? Yeah, and gangster rap, and it's credited for gangster rap. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I've I've seen a lot. I've been a lot of places. Um, unfortunately, because there's scars I deal with, but fortunately for those that can benefit from the wisdom that that experience brought me. And even for myself, you know, the redemption of Christ and the grace of God, to see that God is, that it's not about what I've done, good or, or not done, that God is able to save, you know. And I've been fortunate enough to have a lot of great creative people musically in my life, uh, A.D., you know what I'm saying? Before Christ, I learned a lot. And after after getting to know Christ, I've I learned a, a lot and met a lot of really creative folks, man, that I found to be extremely creative, extremely gifted, 
Um, Jafia Life, I feel, is a very gifted guy that's underrated. You know, we talked about, you know, Jay and, 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 and Manny, but um, I did a record with the Dixie Hummerbirds, legendary Dixie mm-hmm. Hummerbirds, who are, you know, I mean, pioneers of gospel music. Um, just just been blessed, man, to see a lot of things on the Christian side as well and, yeah. and, and meet a lot of people. And, you know, but, you know, at the end of the day, man, you know, there's a scripture that was on my heart earlier because one thing I always have to caution myself for when you're doing projects and you're doing music and you're doing the films and different things is, one, you, you, you got to make sure that, one, you always keep the main thing the main thing. Um, you don't want to lose your focus. But there's a scripture in Ezekiel 20. I'm going to read it, verse 11 to 12. And he said, I gave them my statutes and showed them my judgments, which a man, if a man do, he shall even live in them. But verse 12, it really hit me. He says, moreover, I also gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between me and them that they might know that I am the Lord that sanctified them. And what God was telling me when I read that about a week or so ago was like, Hans, I need you to keep spending early morning time with me. And I need you to get away with me and be with me and, un, you know, and focus on me because I'm the Lord. And then you'll, you'll see me as the Lord that sanctifies you. And I think a lot of times we can get, even in the Christian side, we can get so enamored with the p- putting things out and, and different things, which is important because God does want us to occupy until he comes. But the main thing is the main thing is the main thing, and that's our relationship with Christ. And that's being able to spend time with him and hear from him and know him. That is life. The Bible says that's life, knowing God and his son. That's, that's eternal life, man. And so my whole focus in my life, I want it to be about that more than anything else, is being known of and knowing Jesus Christ. And whatever music or films or books or whatever, anything that else that comes out of that as a byproduct of that, praise God. But I don't want I don't want that to be my focus, and that I don't. It's not coming from a deep relationship with Christ. Cause so I was vanity. so I was yeah. noticing in your bio that you were talking about uh, confusion. You were saying you were having insatiable pain, depression, drugs. Like, what kind of stuff sparked that? Like, specifically, like, the drugs. What, what was it that sparked yeah. you being into that? Yeah, so let me let me clarify that. Let me clarify that. Because um, I didn't write that part of the bio. Um, let me clarify that. So it wasn't like I was a, 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 a crack addict. I wasn't a, a, a morph, morphine-addicted person. You understand what I'm saying? I wouldn't even yeah. say I was addicted to weed. I used I used marijuana primarily as a tool to be creative. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. It was about it was about the the God I served. It's kinda like a guy going to the gym because he wants to look good for a girl. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of kind of you know, did I smoke weed? Yeah, I smoke weed. But it was so commonplace, and this is one of the reasons, bro, why I'm not an advocate for the legalization of marijuana, because I've seen how it changed me, and it changed so many other people where your senses are numb, and you're not, um, 
cognitively making smart choices because I noticed that right before that thing happened at St. Thomas where I started, you know, when I, when I really came to Christ following him like that, not just as Savior but as Lord, I had stopped smoking weed like a month or so earlier. And my theory is that in the process of stopping to smoke the weed, it allowed my soul to, because my, my spirit already belonged to God, but allowed my soul to hear from God, to be convicted by God. You know what I'm saying? I think these drugs can really dumb, dumbing a person's senses. And Scripture says to be sober-minded. Um, I think when you're not sober, and I and God can speak even through a, a drug addiction. He can speak through that because he's that powerful. But in our limited, the way we are wired, I think sometimes we need to be sober to really hear from God clearly. That's the best answer I can give. So, uh, well, that's a good answer. Yeah, I wasn't a drug addict, so I just want to yeah. make sure that that's clear. I was a hip hop okay. addict. Yeah, and I, was I a, got you. I was a fe- I was a female addict. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. I want to know. But I did um, deal with depression heavy. Did deal with depression heavy. Okay, so the, the music, depression the music contributed to that. Okay, all right. Um. Now, as far as your your ministry, it seems as though, I mean, I know that you've been doing music for a long time. So, and obviously, you must have a sense of a call in your life because of the type of degrees you have. So, mm-hmm. um, are you more so, would you say that your ministry is centered around your music or your ministry is centered around something else and music is just part of it? Yeah, I think my, my ministry or God's ministry in my life is centered around my relationship with God and my experiences with him. And I think music is one of the outlets. Film is one of the outlets. Preaching is one of the outlets. But the, the ministry is centered around my experience with God and my relationship with him. You know, I've been doing something I've been doing with the Lord the last three weeks. Maybe not about last month. <laughs> Every day but one day I've, I've taken communion. And in the process of taking communion on a daily basis, I begin to experience and understand something about Christ. And I, I was reading in Revelation chapter 12 where he talks about, you know, they overcame the devil, the accuser. By the blood of the lamb. By the blood of the lamb. And the word, and the word of their testimony and not loving their life to the death. Mm-hmm. But then I begin to think about in Revelations where it says, the testimony of Jesus Christ, that is the spirit of prophecy. Mm-hmm. It's not about, yo, testifying, yo, I got a new car. I mean, that's part of your testimony. I'm not saying that's not testifying about God. Yeah. But the ultimate thing is the testimony of Christ is that he died, he resurrected, he, ascend, he ascended. Then he, everything he said in the Bible and everything he said to us even now, when he speaks to you, that's the testimony of Christ. What he told me and showed me when I left the industry, the testimony of Christ. But one of the greatest testimonies we can give and show is when we take communion, because he said, he said, do, he said, every time you do this, you testify of my death till I come. In other words, you testify that I was alive, that I came here on this world, that I actually was crucified for your sins that my body was broken for your healing, that my blood was shed for your redemption, for your forgiveness. So every time you take communion, it's a black eye on the devil 
And it's, it's, it's a glorious testimony of what Jesus has done. And so everything that I share and that I talk on or music on, I want it to come from that vein and from a relationship with him. And that's yeah, that makes kind sense. of, yeah. And, and, if, if, and, and, and if there's nothing to say, I don't want to say anything. So I, don't want I to noticed say anything. I noticed in one of your songs, uh, it was called anti-abortion. You started mm-hmm. out saying, what if Jesus would have been aborted? Mm-hmm. I just want to mm-hmm. know um, that that was something that um, it struck a chord mm-hmm. with me. But mm-hmm. I wanted to know if that's kind of like, did that was that birth somewhat out of a situation? Did you ever experience something dealing with abortion, or you just that just happened? No. In your heart? Okay. Yeah. So what ha- what happened is um, that song that's been on my heart for eons. I just always have had, since I've been in the things of God, I've always had a uh, heart for the unborn. But I have a theory that someone in my family may have been doing some medical abortions and stuff like that. So maybe there's a fight in me about it. I'm not sure yet. I'm still trying to, because somebody said something that made me think of that. Maybe that's one of the reasons I have such a passion about it. Um, That's ironic. um, yeah, but 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 maybe it's a, something in me where I'm fighting that you know that that whole thing, and I'm you know I'm walking in redemption with that. But yeah. I had heard that I had heard that statement said, um, "What if Jesus would have been aborted?" And I was like, you know what, that's so true. What if he would have been aborted? Like, what would have happened? We would we we'd be lost. Yeah, and Mary would have said, "Yo, this is too much of a cost for us for for me to pay." Like, yeah. no, that would have been it. If she would have, because, I mean, because she, she had free will. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and in the Roman times, there was a lot of abortions, not in the Jewish communities, but in the Roman community, they used to take the babies and throw them in a trash heap. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It would take, on one, it was abortions going on. And so mm-hmm. for me, it's like, I think it's very hypocritical and foolish to think, to say, yo, stop the violence in the streets. Yeah, we need to. We have abortion. But you're going to open the back, you're going to open up the back door. You're saying, you're going to try to close the front door that people can see, but you you got four back doors in the back that you open. And then you're telling people to come in. Like, you're just, no, murder is murder. Murder is a spirit. Yeah. And, yep. and you, 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 you're, 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 and, and, and unfortunately in our communities, a lot of blood on our hands. God have mercy on this, this, this nation. Exactly. Have mercy on our people group. You know, when Planned Parenthood started, man, they targeted the African American community, yep. unfortunately. Matt, Matt, mm-hmm. Madeline, uh, Matt, uh, Margaret Sanger, they targeted yeah. it. They were eugenics. They, and they mm-hmm. specifically targeted the black church because they wanted the black church as a place of influence where they could bring in their message. And it was all mm-hmm. about population control and it was all about racism. And we, we've yeah. been bewitched in many ways, bro, to, to follow these things and not speak on these things. And mm-hmm. so that's part of the passion behind it. And here's a little testimony on that song. There's a good brother out of Chicago named, um, well, yeah, I, I, he'd be fine with me saying, Pastor Reyes, and he's with Church of Joy. And one day, um, I had sent him the Jesus Saves album that that, that uh, song was on. 
So he was like, yo, Hans, I got the new... Oh, before that happened, like a week before that happened, I was doing a prayer walk. I was walking my neighborhood. I put my hand on the tree, true story, and I started praying for the unborn. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Hans, I want you to do a song, a video for that song, Anti-Abortion. And I was like, Lord, we doing two videos right now for, uh, what videos was that? For the, for the cross, with, with truth, and then we're doing a video for Jesus, I'm grateful, slash Jesus saves. So I was like, God, I got, I, I need 10 more grand to finish them videos. He ain't saying nothing else to me. Like two weeks later, a week later, the, the pastor calls me, right? And he said, Hans, yo, I got the new album. I love it. It's anointed. That's what he said. It's anointed. And that song, Any Abortion, is so anointed. Oh, man, I love it. I just want to get that into all the hands of the girls out here in Waukegan, Illinois. What would it take for you to shoot a music video to that song? So I was like, well, I was like, since you asking, Why are you asking? Number. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right, we're going to get we gonna get that out to you expeditiously. And they did. Wow. And that's how we was able to shoot it. So so when, when people start talking about, I don't want to argue theological things with you. I just, I know my experience. Yeah. I know what God spoke to me. Then I know the word. Yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know Proverbs 30. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Proverbs 30. Yeah, he says, you know, um, 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 you know, don't hide your eyes. You know what I'm saying? Um, what is that? Oh my goodness, man! I, I know scripture, man, enough to know that God is not pleased with that, bro. And were well, you talking about with abortion? Said, yes. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, we can go to Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you, and I I ordained you you to be a a, a prophet to the nations. Yeah. Or or you can go to to David saying in Psalms. Psalms are fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderfully made. Or he taught me wisdom for my mother's womb. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean... You know, um, and I then mean, we talk about the uh, the sacrificing of the children to Moloch. Yeah, or you in the Old Testament, the Old Testament, the views of a person who was, um, if a woman was raped, and uh-huh. it's, and it's, and 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 they were raped, and it was no, and it, and it, they had a child, and the child didn't die. There was one situation that happened. But if a child died while you raped them, or or if you hit her and the child died. It was life for life. It yeah. was life for life. Because God yep. sees it as a life. And yeah. so, you know, um, yeah, man, so that's where the passion comes from. And I have more well, passion in it because I have a confidence, not in myself, but in the things that God has showed me and told me. Uh-huh. Um, I did a, a Pastor Tommy uh, Urban D. Um, across the yeah. church. He, had, he invited me out to minister. I've been ministered there a few times, but one time I, he invited me to minister. I did that song. And this young man mm. came to me afterwards, and he was crying. And he said, yo, mm. I was getting ready to have an abortion. I was getting ready to have an abortion. But mm. now that and if I told my girl that we was going to have an abortion, he said, now I'm not going to have an abortion. So for me, you know, you know that, that, was, that was a blessing. 
Sorry. I got to tell you something, man. Like, this is interesting as I'm listening to you because I have parallel stories. I got parallel situations. And I want to, first of all, let you know that the reason why that song stood out to me is because one of the things that I speak against on my podcast is abortion. And I'm very passionate about it. And um, Mm -hmm. I actually, my passion started back in 2002. And Mm -hmm. I had a, I had been listening to messages about abortion. And this is from Genesis chapter six when it talks about the sons of God saw the daughters of men and then they came mm-hmm. unto them mm-hmm. and they had children I'm by right. them I'm right. and that mm-hmm. they taught them. The thing about it is that in, within that, within that passage of scripture, the word for Nephilim, it actually, mm. the root, the, the root word means to abort. Ooh. So they were teaching Ooh. abortion while Ooh. they were causing them to have children by them. Ooh. That's a deep Ooh. thing that most people in the body of Christ don't know anything about, and they will fight you on that because they haven't studied it. But it's in there. Yo, and then if you go to Proverbs, that's deep. I'm going to check that out. And if you go to Proverbs 31, uh, it just says verse 8 and 9. I just don't see who else. It says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Mm, yes. And one translation, for the rights of all those who have been appointed to death. Speak wow. up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. I don't know who is less voiceless than an unborn child. Yeah. <laughs> That's, they yeah. don't got a voice. Yeah. Everybody's speaking for them or against uh-huh. them. Yes. And it's not about a political agenda. It's not the left or the right, man. No. Right is right. Right is exactly. right. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Whether you're Democratic or Republican, right is right. You're saying? And, I'm and, not even getting into that. Yeah. And I want to tell you about... I had a similar situation, and what happened with me was I had been on a drive. I was invited to be in the Poetry Slam. So I'm a poet, mm. by the way. You didn't know that, but oh. I'm a poet. And um, I was invited poet, to be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was part of, um, I was supposed to be in a Poetry Slam contest, and um, I knew that there was something to it because I had only been, up to that point, I had only been in two or three Poetry Slams. So I knew that this was something significant. So this was after I was on my way from Georgia on a 12-hour drive to Washington, D.C. And when I got to D.C., it was probably within an hour of the actual Poetry Slam starting. But anyway, I get in there, and it gets to my turn. I get up there, and I have this poem that I that's against abortion. And, um, you know, one part of it says, you know, uh, babies, babies are going to drop like phone calls of people selling because people care more about a whale than a baby that's in your belly. And then mm. I was talking about some other things about, um, you know, it's, it's a lot. But anyway, the point is, is no, that when I, I finished, when I finished the poem and even, well, let me just say in the midst of doing the poem, I broke down under the power of God and I started to weep. And mm. I actually went down to one knee. I had one knee mm. on the floor, one hand on the floor. My hand was, the other hand was mm. on the mic. My head was down. Mm. And I was like, I would mm. get out one line. This was like probably mm. eight lines into the poem. And I would get one line out and then I would weep mm. again. And then I'd get another line out and then I would weep. And I kept on going like that for the rest of the mm. poem. People got touched. 
people. Yo, touched. yo, they would get in touch for sure. It was so quiet and nobody was mm. moving. It was like, mm. it was like nobody. It was a hush mm. that came over the room. Okay. The Lord oh, showed wow. up. Okay. And that then when I got done, moment. Mm. yo, I know. And when I got done, I was out. I, I couldn't even get up off the floor. I had to have like five guys pick me up because I couldn't get up. And when they picked me up no. off the floor, they helped me walk out. I went to the bathroom and I just started crying even more in the bathroom. It was like mm. 20 minutes. It lasted mm. even mm. In, in the bathroom. It was like 20 more minutes. Mm. And I was like, God, what is going on? What is up with this? I don't understand why I'm crying. You know what I'm saying? I was just like, this doesn't make any sense. And then mm -hmm. finally, I finally was able to get out of the bathroom without crying anymore. And then I was standing there listening, you know, waiting for it to be over. When it was over, that was about an hour after I was on stage or whatever. Wow. This, this, wow. Girl, this girl came around. Mm -hmm. She came around the corner with tears streaming down her face. Mm -hmm. So this has been an hour long since I was on the mic. Mm -hmm. And she had tears streaming down her still, face. Still crying. Still okay. crying. She came to me. Mm -hmm. She said, can I speak to you? And I said, yes, mm -hmm. of course. Mm -hmm. She was like, I just want you to know that for the last three weeks, I've been contemplating having an abortion. Mm -hmm. And before mm -hmm. I heard your poem Thank tonight, you, abortion was mm -hmm. an option. But after hearing your poem, abortion was no longer an option. Now, that yeah, we, was, we that was like 17 years ago. Wow. And you that know was, what, brother? Yeah, that's powerful. That touched me, and I'm going to say this to you. And she wasn't the only one. Yeah. She I was, was told she that. Was the one you, she was, I, and I felt that. I'm just saying. She yeah. was the one you got to hear from. Yeah. And God, it, what happened was the Holy Spirit so got inside of you, he, he broke down. Yeah. He broke down. His heart, his heart. His tears. And see, what people don't realize is it's not just the tears. Because I had a, the song Anti-Abortion, I also call Tears from the Womb. That's another version of another. And I, we, did a, we did a whole event called Tears from the Womb up in Philly that was, you know, dealing with abortion. And to, coming from people of color, that's not always really <laughs> very accepted. But that's a whole other yeah. story. But, but I'm going to say... Um, <laughs> It's not just the tears for the baby that's suffering. Because the baby's going to be with God and glory. That's my view. Yeah, that's what I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, the, but the, the pain and the sting on the person who has the abortion, the guilt, mm -hmm. you know, they have yeah. these things with people, they have dreams and they're dreaming about their baby they're crying. Their children. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. They have all this the psychological, the emotional hurt yeah. and condemnation. The yeah. guilt. You know what I'm saying? God yeah. is crying about that, and God is crying about the blood that's on the hands of society and what the stain mm -hmm. of that is. Mm -hmm. Because when you can take your most innocent and kill them, and you can yeah. disrespect your elderly in the in the scene, like we don't we don't value life. Yeah. And when you don't value life, you don't value God. And that's just straight. Yeah, up. man. Yeah, you know. So I will tell you, you know, this. Yeah, I saying, agree with you completely. Let me, let me clarify. I'm not saying, saying somebody don't love God because they're using this and that. I'm saying if you don't value life, that part of you is not valuing God. Exactly. Life is I agree. God. 
Yes, I agree with you completely on that. I just want to say that there was, um, I know that you were saying that you weren't there, but you knew there was others. Well, there was somebody that was there, and they told me that while I was doing my poem, that there was at least several women in the room that were weeping. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and I'll tell you, man, there's times. No, go ahead. Mm. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead, brother. No, it's just there are times, man, I don't know why, but there's times when I tell the story or whatever that, I become almost as emotional or as emotional as I was at that time. Like I feel the presence of God again, like the way that he came on me at that moment. It's just, I don't don't know how to, how else to explain it, but it's just the way it is. True, true story. I was, I was out in Chicago. um, I don't know, about five years ago, the same pastor that had invited me to, um, to, to do the, um, to you know, to do the uh, I mean, I offered you know, sent me the the resources for the the, the video. Mm-hmm. He invited me like five years ago. I was I was handing out flyers for uh, a Sinbad comedy show that we had did to raise money for the movie that we're putting out, which is owned by by my nonprofit. And he's like, "Yo, Hans, I got an email. Like when I was handing the flyers, I got an email about your movies. Like I want to give you five grand." And I want to fly you out here and do some music or whatever. So I went out there. When I went out there, I did the song. And the Holy Spirit told me, and I've not been obedient, as I should. He told me, I want you to do that song more. And, you know, the artist side of you is like, yo, it's an older song, lyrically. You know what I mean? It's not, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But that's what he told me. And I have to do that because, see, it's it's an important message to God. I really believe it's an important message, and I yeah. think it's, it's 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 dealing with this. Mother Teresa says some things about a society that would, you know, throw away their unborn. It's like it's basically like a soulless society. Like you're yeah. dealing with the soul of a nation. You're dealing yeah. with the soul of a nation. And so um, I pray for our nation. I even pray now, Father, that you would have mercy on our nation for the abortions, for the other things that we have allowed. Yeah. Because God is not pleased with that. And I really believe that if we would sin is sin, bro, sin is yeah. sin. But certain things can bring a, a bigger consequence. Yes, I agree. And, yeah. And, and, and I think there's, there's certain areas we would just clean up our act and get things together, life would be so much better in yes. our nation. You can go to countries like Uganda and certain places where that's against the law, and there's a certain blessing that comes upon a nation, man. I don't know, man. Yeah. That's my view. That's no, I, I agree with you. Even, I agree with even, you completely. Um, even last, like not this year, but the year before that, I was on a, a, on a fast. I was on a a, a, a pretty long fast and I was going to prayer in the morning at my church. Of course, I can't do that now because of COVID that we, we don't, that place is, the place there is not open that I would go in this room. But when I would go to the, to pray, there was a, um, a picture of a woman on the wall, like one of those pregnancy type things that it's in the office and it would be on the wall. And it wasn't there for spiritual. It was just a picture of a woman with a, that was pregnant and God would lead me to lay my hands on this, uh, picture and pray for the unborn. I just knew what God was doing. 
Well, one day I went in there and I laid my hands on 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 the on the picture, and the Holy Spirit said, He just spoke to me specifically. He said, "Pray for the unborn or whatever." Now I was praying all the time, but He spoke like like within a week, a, a law had just passed. There was a positive law to help defend the the rights of unborn. I know it's mm-hmm. not coincidental. Yeah, and, and so I know that. You know, I I know I, I know I know my 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 poop stinks just like everybody else's. I know in that area that's the area that God wants me to share on. I know that I'm yeah. not right. I know that He's leading me in the right way. That it's actually Him leading me. I don't well you know, like if, if people say don't drink. Scripture says like I, like I don't know. I, I'm not going to make a, a doctrine out of this or doctrine out of that. But I know what God says about that now. You know, I'm not saying if a person, you know, I don't believe, I don't believe even if it's a woman, well, I don't want to get too deep, but I don't believe even if a, if, if a woman's been raped as unfortunate and sad as that is, I still believe there's other options. And, yes. and I just think that, yes. you know, we, we, we don't realize that. And I feel, I feel for a woman. I feel for a woman that was impregnated outside of marriage. I can't empathize totally because I'm not a woman or if a woman that was, I mean, there's a whole lot of things involved, but still, even still, that is a life. That is a life that's in your body, but it is not your body. That's just my my view. I pray for women that may be listening now that they're not offended, and people that may have had abortions know that God is a God of forgiveness. And if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you. Um, But, but, that's not as a society, but be naive about the cost. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I agree. And um, so let's switch gears a little bit. I just got a couple other questions. Yep. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I'm listening. Yeah, so um, I just have a couple more questions. Um, The first question I want to ask you is, how did you meet your wife, man? Oh, that's a really interesting story. So, <laughs> uh, I met my wife at Temple. And when I first met her, I had went to the church I go to now a few times, but I wasn't a churchgoer. And I hadn't had that 1995 experience. And she came to me in the student activity center and she was like, hey, you go to my church. <laughs> And I looked at her like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm still in the world. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yo, shh, keep that down. Keep that on the low. <laughs> keep that on the humble. Like, keep that down. Shh. Yeah. You're about to bless my whole, you're about to blow my whole car. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I met her that way. Now she thinks I go to church too much, but anyway, that's all I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but this is not. Um, um, but she, that's where I met her. And then, um, you know, when I did have that encounter with Christ and I started going to church consistently and faithfully, you know, fellowship, and I, I don't really get into the whole terminology of church, but just being amongst God's ecclesia and not neglecting his gathering. Um, and I did that on a consistent basis. Of course, I would see her. And I was reading, um, wow, I was reading 
uh, I guess it's a Proverbs where he talks about, you know, um, don't neglect, like, don't don't find a woman from a foreign place, but, you know, rejoice in the wife of your bosom. Like, basically, go to your own cistern and drink out of your own well. Mm-hmm. And I felt like God, I felt like, I felt like, I felt like this premonition, like, I felt like God was saying, you know, your wife, your wife is in the church. And I was like, I couldn't see. I was like, nah, nah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't see nobody. I don't know nobody. And my wife ain't in the church. You know what I mean? Um, then we had our first, um, we had our first release party in 2001. Um, with us, like Christian music wise or mm-hmm. Asians, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I was like, we had a concert. I think, um, Jafai was ministering. Uh, we had a Christian comedian. Um, who else was up there? It was a few other folks that was doing stuff. I just right? had Jafai so, on here, by the way. <laughs> uh, that's, that's my, that's my brother, man. Love him. Pages of Life. That album yeah. just dropped, and I was like, yo, this is crazy. Uh, I, like, I got to put him on the ticket. You know what I'm saying? I got to put him on the ticket. You know what I'm saying? I got to put him on the ticket. There's no question about it. Because no me, as a promoter, as a as an artist, I always, yo, when I hear it, I know it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm like, oh, uh-huh. goodness. That's yeah. some heat. And, mm-hmm. and um, um, so, yeah, anyway, my wife came to the concert. And I always felt like I was going to meet my wife, really meet her, as I was mm-hmm. doing God's work. Yeah. As I was handling this business. And that's where I kind of like, you like, asked her for her number. And, you know, we just started, you know, um, courting, so to speak. And before that happened, I was like a born again virgin for like six years. I didn't go on a date for six years since I left wow. the world. Wow, and, okay. um, yeah, but, uh, you know, that's all yeah. story, but yeah, that's why, that's why I met my queen and, um, that's why I met her in temple, but I had, I had, we met her at the church. So, yeah. Cool. So the one last question I have for you is, um, I saw where you, it said something about you being behind enemy lines. Now, I don't know if that was, you know, your terminology that you were using or whoever wrote the bio, but, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. what is that, what does that mean to you? What does that look like when you're saying you are behind yeah. enemy lines right now? Yeah, I use that terminology a lot. So basically, wow, it's going, you know, it's going into the dark with the light. Um, and night in 2000 and Lord help me, Jesus, get the glory. 2003, uh, Kobe Cole, who was the program director for, um, one of the major stations out here in Philly, which was called The Beat. It's a radio one station. I was mm-hmm. calling Kobe just to spend some of the music. But when I called him, I said, yo, Kobe, man, have you ever thought about doing a Christian hip-hop show? He said, Hans, I am a believer, and I have thought about it, and you're the only person I could think of doing it. And so... He wanted me to put together a pilot show, so from like 2000 and oh God, 2004 to like 2006 or 2003, we had this me and DJ Official 
who was a DJ on the show, we did this 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 thing called the Holy Hip Hop Experience, and that's one of the greatest examples to me from in my life where God used me behind enemy lines. We are actually in the dark. We were sandwiched between, you know, an old school hip hop show and a, and a reggae show on Sunday nights from 9:50 to 12. Cats is coming in from the club, and you just bang. You're taking secular resources to bang the gospel, and cats is calling in. You know, they're dealing with homosexuality, people in prison, people are calling in from all over the place. Can God still save me? It was just a beautiful experience. So it's being going into the light with the dark. There's a scripture that I'm sure you're familiar with, and I know you are probably, but he talks about, you know, um, he's talking to Peter. And he said, Peter, on this on this rock, um, I'll build my believe, church. the revelation, I will build my church. Yeah, the revelation of who he is. is. Yeah, the yeah. revelation of who he is. Mm-hmm. On this rock, I will build my church in the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. But yes. a lot of times when we think about the gates of hell, we think of it as a place, we think of it as a, as a, us being defensive. Mm-hmm. But it's really what God is saying is us being offensive. Yeah. And going and storming the gates of hell. Yeah. And taking the people back. And taking the territories back. Yeah. Um, when I, we talked about Jafia, it's interesting when Jafia was on deep march, Jafia asked me to manage him. So I did. And I was wrestling because I thought at that season in my life, it was over with me for as an artist. I was like, I- I'm done. I'm not doing any more music. Mm-hmm. Um, this is 2004, not 2000, yeah, 2004 or five. And one day I was at the church and I said, God, do you want me to do any more music? And I was doing, like, you know, people, like, lay hands on seats. They're praying for the people to come to the church or whatever. I was, I was walking around laying my hands on the seats. And the Holy Spirit said to me, he just said, occupy till I come. And I think God wants us to take territory. He yeah. wants us to take territory in Hollywood, take territory in the media. Right? Yes. Yeah. And there are strongholds in film. There's strongholds in media because media is, it's mass communication. You know, yeah. if you really think about hip-hop music in general, I mean, hip-hop is a form of, can be a form of mind control. Uh-huh. It, so, you know, you, you like when I was coming up, you would hear one lyric, right, that would connect you to another song, you know what I'm saying, which would connect you to another song. And all these songs would be going through your head and you'd be getting led by all this stuff and you don't even know it. Yeah. And it was kind of a flip of what God wants to do when he renews our mind, where you got one scripture that connects to another scripture, you know what I'm saying, that connects to another scripture, which can help you to navigate through life. Yeah. Um, God wants to take these territories. And in order for you to take territories, sometimes you have to be behind enemy lines. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have to be. Mm-hmm. Just think about if you're trying to take a drug, drug block, and they want to send an informant in there. They can't go in there with a police car. Yeah. Silent. <laughs> they got to send an informant. He got to yeah. be behind enemy lines. Uh-huh. And, and the thing about being behind right enemy in. lines, though, yeah, the thing about being behind enemy lines, though, it can get dangerous at times. But yeah, God yeah. Showed me, and showed me before God was telling me in so many words, he was just like, Hans, um, 
um, what's that called? Oh, you're in a witness protection program. Yeah. <laughs> the only time you're in trouble in a witness protection program is when you're not a witness. Mm-hmm. As long as you're giving your testimony and you're being a witness, you ain't got nothing to be concerned about. The issue with the witness protection program is when somebody shuts their mouth and they don't want to talk. Yeah. As long as you talk and believe me, God going to make sure he cut, God going to cover you because you're a child. But One you time. are more danger when you keep your mouth shut. Yeah. You're more danger when you're, because he says, if you acknowledge me, what? Before man, that, that's the scripture, right? He says, I'll yeah. acknowledge you before my father and his angels. And the angels. And he says, yeah. what? If you don't want to be a witness before man, in so many words, if you don't want to witness for me before man. I'm gonna be ashamed of you. That, I'm gonna be ashamed of you before my father's and the father and his yep. angels. Yep. So we're in a witness protection program, bro. But you gotta be willing to, you know, hip hop culture, man. Look back, brand Nubians, Flavor Flav's walking around with a clock around his neck. Cats yeah. is walking around with they with they drawers hanging out. They they pants uh-huh. falling down. It's yeah. a bold culture. Yeah. It's a bold culture for darkness mm-hmm. in many ways. Yeah. And we got the light, and we're supposed to be muzzle mouth. Yeah, we should be, be bolder, even more bolder. Come on, bro. Yeah. Come on, bro. Something yeah. I don't want to, I don't want because this fellowship's been great. You know, I'm going to say this. There's an area around here that's pretty influential. It's called Chestnut Hill. You know, it's primarily Caucasian. People got, you know, million dollars, like two million, three million dollar homes. Yeah. I'm driving there through there one day. And I see these people of color with wool suits on in the middle of July. Now I'm I'm paraphrasing, I may be over exaggerating, right? But it's hot out. <laughs> pretty much. And they going up to these white folks' doors and they knocking on a door. Oh That's my goodness! Bold. Yeah, it's bold, man. Yeah, That's bold. <laughs> and we got the gospel. We don't want to come out the bedroom, bro. Mm. Come on, yeah. man. Come on. <laughs> and you got dudes. You got dudes with bean po- selling bean pies with bow ties. Yeah, like, to fund somebody's mansion in Detroit. Yeah, you know what I'm uh-huh. <laughs> the honorable whatever his name is. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Come on, man. Stop that. Stop playing games, man. Yeah, son. Stop playing games, man. It, it's no it's, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Yeah, so man. Let it be bold, Lord. Let it be no bold. Doubt. It's been a privilege, man. It's been a privilege, bro. Man, same here, man. No, 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 man. Your your story is, was good, man. Your story was really good. Um, Before you go, or but first of all, I want to let you know that I'm, I want to ask you something after we end this interview, mm-hmm. but before you go, I want to um, tell people how they can follow you, get in touch with you, book you, whatever, like get your music, all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, so if you to follow, to follow me as I follow Christ, um, you can reach um, you can reach me on Twitter, and I will say Instagram at um, Han Soul, H-A-N-S-O-U-L, Jesus forgave you with a lowercase u. Um, Han Soul Music, Twitter, but my Twitter handle is Han Soul Music, one S. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much um, the ways you can reach me on 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 social media. And then, if you want to book me for speaking, music, film, 
whatever, prison ministry, whatever God put on your heart, just reach me at uh, Rev, R-E-V-H-A-N-S, the number five. Actually, you know what? Let me give you this one. Just reach me at Hollywood Media, one L, Hollywood Media at gmail.com, not Hollywood, but Hollywood Media at gmail.com, one L. And, uh, yeah. you know, whatever the Lord leads, the Lord leads. But, yo, Jesus saves everybody. Let's keep the faith. Let's stand firm in our most holy faith. Let's seek God this year. Let's, 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 let's be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Let's, let's Sabbath with the Lord. Let's seek him early while we may find him. And Jesus saves. No God bless y'all. Yeah. No doubt. And once again, you know, you've been listening to the new Numa Godcast. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. We appreciate all of you out there. Make sure you follow us, subscribe, subscribe to the YouTube channel and the podcast. Also follow us on all social media platforms. Thank you again for listening. Peace. What's up, family? This is Norman. Thanks for listening to New Numa. We appreciate you, and that includes your feedback. What do you like most about the podcast? What are your favorite subjects? What types of guests would you like to hear more? Shoot us an email today at new.numa.podcast at gmail.com and let us know your thoughts.